The weather outside is frightful, but the contents of the unconscious mind are so delightful. Since we have no place to go, let it penis envy, let it penis envy, let it penis envy. This festive edition of Private Practice Podcast is entirely appropriate for all the family. In fact, why not play it to your elderly grandma, or your young nephew? It will most certainly steer the Christmas dinner conversation topic away from J.K. Rowling's opinions about trans women. So without further counter-transference, let's get together under the mistletoe, and regress into the oral phase of fun and games with Dan and James. looking at Dan on a screen on my right hand side and on my left hand side I have another screen with quizzes on it and it's just like Joe Rogan really do you want me to give the listener all the information about my new USB-C ports that I gave you before (laughs) to be honest I wasn't I wasn't listening so it does it does it make good podcast is it good radio? Uh, no. Private Practice Podcast. Hello, listener. Welcome to the Private Practice Podcast 2021 Christmas Special. Cue the jingle bells. Merry Christmas from Morocco, where it's a balmy 21 degrees, the sun is shining, and coming up on the Christmas special of Private Practice Podcast this year, we've got some new games. Yes! I love games! Are you excited? Oh my god, I'm so excited. So excited I almost interrupted you with my excitement. You know, season's greetings from the London Private Practice Podcast Studio, and it is very festive here. The room is covered in decorations, the snow is falling outside. I think I hear Santa's sleigh bells flying through the air or something like that. And we've got a Christmas cat roaming around the studio, yowling for Christmas treats. So normally, well, previously in Christmas specials, we used to play um, the sack game and we had listener feedback. That's Santa's sack, you see. That Santa's was sack. Santa's sack, you see, yeah. And the sack game was basically um, Santa would be delivering presents and we would have one minute each to think of as many things in a particular theme as possible that would fit in an average-sized sack and this year, however, we are going to play a sack-based game, but I've uh, <laughs> I've adapted it this year. We're going to play the Oliver Sacks game. Oh, that's brilliant. Hang on one second. The Christmas cat's attacking the Christmas cheese. <laughs> I think the Christmas cat's got worms or something. She's eating absolutely everything. Sorry about that, listener. The Christmas cat went wild. Okay, so we're going to play the Oliver Sacks game. Brilliant. We've also got pigs in blankety blankets. (laughs) (laughs) 
We've got Freud's psychoanalytic Christmas quiz. I feel like that one's going to be super highbrow, and I don't even know if I'll be able to get any of the answers to that quiz. Well, it's only you getting answers because most of these is only you getting answers. Um, what I did was I went to a website called ProProfs <laughs> and I found a, um, a Freud psychoanalytic theory quiz that only had eight questions. Um, so it's, don't worry, it's, it's not like... And question number 23 of 50. In 1934, uh, Freud wrote about countertransference, but what type of psychic entropy was he referring to with his libidinal complex on, ah! in, in clause 35 on page 741 of his seminal work? No, it's not like that. It's, um, well, I mean, it, we'll do it in a minute, so uh, you'll see what it's like. And the uh, and one other thing, no, two other things, one being the nightmare interpretation before Christmas... Aha, uh-huh, very so, good. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be interpreting a nightmare that I have invented. Um, I've put that at the end of the show just as a warning because I really... I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed writing it, but I regressed a little bit into... Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, so, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you up front so that yeah, you're ready for this. I think I know uh, what's coming. Well, just two of the features today feature a little bit of toilet humour and just me giggling about bodily functions and things like that. Okay. But it is the Christmas special, so I'm allowed to regress a little bit. Yes, I think we all do at Christmas just a little bit, don't we? And then finally, um, I've also uh, got kind of like a perfect synergy of small talk and topical music quiz which i've shoved into a format that uh references the big five personality (laughs) there's a lot this is a really well prepared show by you james i'm so pleased i'm so pleased to be a part of this but like i said don't worry too much because even though there's five or six features to get through i'm not going to race through them and like i said it's not like i've prepared 30 questions that are extremely lofty and require you to get out James Drever's dictionary of whatever. So, um, well, it's a light, just in case I already have that to hand. <laughs> um, and if you are new to the show, we quite often like to look at the uh, James Drever Dictionary of Psychology uh, 19, the 1966 version we like to use. <laughs> Because we think it's the most up-to-date dictionary of psychology out there. Okay, so now it's time for an awkward edit where we go from the bit we just recorded that I'm going to put at the beginning of the show um, to what we're about to say, which is different for the listener because they're about to go from whatever we just said before I cut to whatever it is we're about to say. Which Let's just do the small talk, small talk, private practice, small talk jingle, because otherwise do, I won't do, know do, whether do, we're do, in small do, talk. Do, yeah, do, 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 small talk. The, oh, so small talk, small talk, do 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 do. Oh, what fun it is to have small talk on radio. No, no, I'll have to work on that. But something like that. So we're unambiguously in small talk now. 
Yes, we're definitely in small talk. So how have you been, James? Very well, thank you. Excellent. What's been going on for you? Well, as you know, I paid a trip to the United Kingdom for the first time in uh, a while. And that was nice. I'm now back in Morocco. The borders have closed again, so I'm not going anywhere for Christmas. Probably to the desert or something um, in the mountains. Nice. Um, And what might you do in the desert? Are there Christmassy things that the Moroccan and the Berber people do in the desert or...? Absolutely not. The, uh, the The bakery that I go to is currently a festive winter wonderland because it's mostly frequented by rich French people. Um, but other than that, mm-hmm. Christmas is an irrelevance. Really? So no tinsel in the palm trees? No. No, no baubles in the cacti? <laughs> Uh, no. How about you? How have you been recently in your semi-retirement? Um, semi, I'm fully recovered, just waiting to return to work. I need the sign-off from the occupational health. I have been embracing life by getting myself fit again. Um, well, getting myself fit, maybe not again. Um, uh, enjoying the Christmas spirit that is in the air um and trying to help those around me that maybe need a little bit extra support this time of the year like you know like my mother or those less fortunate than myself okay anything else any more small talk no but i have just realized <laughs> what are you la- wait what are you laughing at what's what's because joke? I feel like um, for the rest of this podcast, um, I'm feeling pretty um, relaxed. I'm looking forward to everything coming up in the podcast. But now that we're in small talk, I feel very awkward and robotic. And I'm sort of like mm. not really paying attention. Anxious, yeah, to fi- <laughs> anxious to finish the small talk. <laughs> but, but, you know, small talk... I guess is only really small talk when when neither party is truly invested in the answers being given by their small talk partner. It can become talk with a little investment. I mean, I think we've probably um, done everything we can to 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 disqualify it from being small talk simply by inserting a jingle every time. And then me asking you, is the small talk over yet? To to know absolutely whether we're in small talk or out of it. Okay, so small talk, small talk. That was lovely, small talk. Okay, we can all breathe a sigh of relief and be in the moment and count the red things. (laughs) Thank goodness, yeah. Count the baubles. Oh, James, do you want to know... Like, if I was counting the baubles now, I have rainbow baubles, I have silver matte silver baubles, I have sparkly silver baubles, I have matte red, dark red, deep red and spangly sparkly silver baubles, I have woolen baubles, I have snowflake baubles. Um, my favourite are the rainbow. They actually look kind of like... Um... Uh, the scales on a reptile they, they've got layers of different colors uh, rainbow baubles they're my favorite and uh behind dan is a flashing christmas tree which is mm-hmm. which is actually very um strategically placed because given that i now have two screens and a microphone and a couple of books and some paper 
all of which is completely distracting me from Dan and therefore not not paying attention to him, not making eye contact, not looking at this uh, combination of jolly facial expressions and facetious ones. With so many uh, distractions at my end now, um, he needs a sparkling, flashing Christmas tree in order to get me back paying attention to him. Lure him back to the the festive video link that we have up. Um, I also sort of casually, they didn't quite get into shot, casually placed a couple of my Christmas cushions because... Uh, one of the um one of the inherited characteristics I have from my mother is I replace all my cushion covers at the festive period with red, gold and green and this my very favourite is my nutcracker floral floral? No, nutcracker wreath uh Christmas cushion, which actually isn't particularly comfortable, but it's a very festive. I place them there so you could sort of see them in the bottom corner of the screen. I'm very impressed with all of it. I'm sorry I have nothing but a white background. But that has reminded me that the the only thing that I had for small talk, the thing that I almost said to you before we started recording, and then I said, no, I'm going to save that for small talk, I didn't include in small talk, which is Wait, wait, we can deal with this. Small talk, small talk, let's reopen small talk. Uh, so I do have a Christmas jumper here and it's not just any Christmas jumper it's a Gucci Christmas jumper because that's the kind of obnoxious French person that I live with Um, Uh but obviously it is his and it doesn't really fit me very well Mm, because you look like a giraffe yeah I mean it wouldn't matter with me sat down but um, I also didn't ask him uh, if he might if you could touch it yes (laughs) are you allowed are you allowed am I allowed to touch this item or will there be I don't want to be festive locked. anger. <laughs> I don't want to be locked indoors for another fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, it sounds like you're in a very healthy relationship there. <laughs> so, is that your small talk over? Do we need to jingle out of that? Well, actually, no. Let's just have a little bit more small talk. Um, I'm holding up to the webcam a book. Dan, can you oh, see this? Oh, the gift of therapy. So I wonder if this resolves the mystery. We've solved the problem of where is Dan's TV remote control that I had, um, (laughs) quote-unquote, stolen for two years. I wonder if this resolves the mystery of Irvin Yalom, because I think I gave you back love, sex, Ecutiona, and then at the same time I took the gift of therapy, and then this the gift of therapy went into storage when I went to France Ah. the first time and has been in there ever since. And I found it a couple of weeks ago and I deliberately brought it here because I thought that maybe in the new year we could visit two of our favourites. One being Irvin Yalom and the other being your favourite, Oliver Sacks. Oh, I love him. Oliver Sacks, I actually think that we should do... like. Uh, a whole program about him as a person as well as looking at some of his ideas because he's he's a hero he i don't you, you can't I, I don't understand anyone who would not see him as a hero once they know about him obviously if you don't know about him you might just think he's a i don't know like a um a, a like a high street santa claus you know he, he looks <laughs> like that you know if you saw a picture of him you wouldn't most people probably wouldn't recognize him but he's he's amazing we should do a series on him. Um, so what you're saying to me that you have given me back, and I know this is like the worst small talk ever. You're saying, listener, I'm sure this is fascinating for you. James, you're telling me that you've given me back Love's Sexecutioner. 
and therefore no, no, it no. should be. Lo- no, it's, not, it's, not, it's not love's sex execution. <laughs> okay, so to anyone new to this podcast, a number of things. A number of things. Firstly, um, what's coming up in the Christmas special? I think to, to Dan's horror, I might just do a what's coming up in the Christmas special and then retrospectively edit that into the beginning of the podcast. No, um, that's fine. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yes, do that, do that. But um, at Christmas, if you've never heard a Christmas special before, firstly, there's a number of them that you can... Uh, if you want to have... Uh, if you want to while away... Uh, one of the days around Christmas, like sort of the between Christmas and New Year, or maybe uh, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, sort of like the day before Christmas Eve or something. If you want to while away an afternoon in the most perfect way possible for this time of year, and you also have a Spotify subscription, because that's the only way I can think of that this would work conveniently what i suggest you do is make yourself a festive playlist pepper it with some of your favorite christmas songs and in between have all the private practice podcast christmas specials specials yes my favorite one being let it flow the one that we did in the middle of the flow season and you'll have yourself uh an afternoon full of tidings of comfort and joy or as we said in the flow let it flow let it flow let it flow episode tidings of complexity and enjoyment so if we could just add in some jingle bells jingle bells christmas interlude we done the small talk something like that you know wonderful love it so, uh, do you want to play Freud's psychoanalytic Christmas quiz? Yes, I am so excited for all of today's features. This one perhaps is making me both nervous and excited. It's a strange mixture of emotions. Will I be shamed for not knowing enough about Freud? Will I will I reach the lofty heights of getting one or two answers correct? Or will I absolutely smash it, ace it, and prove to myself and you, James, that I am in at least this twosome the one with the most amount of knowledge about whatever it is you're about to ask about. Okay, well, I actually did this quiz online and I got half Wait. of them right. Oh, you should have told me afterwards. I'll pretend I don't know that. Um, okay, well, you did the quiz online and we're going to find out the results in a bit. <laughs> I I only got half of them right, so it is... No, I, th- I think you're, me, you're, you're, miss- you're missing my lead there, aren't you? You're missing my lead there. Oh, yeah, sorry, do that again. So you did this quiz online, and we're going to find out those results in a bit. After Dan answers the questions. Yes, now you get it. Now you get it. That's it. I don't okay. think you should even edit that. Yeah, that's fun. Carry on. Moving on. Okay, so, que- so basically <clears throat> each question is multiple choice. Ooh, okay. And um, maybe they are a little bit worse. <laughs> James, James. So how many questions was it? There's eight. Okay, I, th- I feel like... Okay, so... Do, 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 do. It's question one. Oh, yeah, okay, you're going to do a jingle for every single one of the questions and yes. then another jingle for every single one of the features. Okay. Pretty much. Question one. Freud's psychoanalytic Christmas quiz. To have a client just freely say whatever comes to mind, also known as free association, 
no matter how trivial the thought may seem, would most likely be advocated by... And then here are your multiple choice options. A cognitive behavioural therapist. <coughs> a psychoanalyst. Hmm. The three wise men. <coughs> an existential therapist. Or a semi-retired parity of esteem administrator. <laughs> uh, I want to say the three wise men, but I think it's a psychoanalyst. Psychoanalytical therapist. What else was that one? Uh, that's the correct answer. Yeah! One point. Do, 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 question two. <laughs> question two. Which of the following would most likely to say that there is no freedom and no choice and therefore no responsibility in life? Is it Mickley Chitson Mickley? Uh, to the new listener, you can insert the correct way of pronouncing the name of the author who wrote the flow book, but we still like to call him Mickley Chits and Mickley. Or, Sorry. Or Mick Chits for short. Mick, Mick, Mickey Tits. Mickey Chits. So, is it, so let me, I, maybe I should repeat the question. Which of the following would most likely say the following? There is no freedom and no choice, and therefore no responsibility. Is it Mickley Chits and Mickley? Is it a humanist therapist? Is it a psychoanalyst? Is it Scrooge? Or is it Jordan Peterson? I'm going with Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> you think he would most likely say that there is no freedom, no choice, and therefore no responsibility? Is that your final answer? Wait, so, so, wait give me the options again. You had Scrooge. <laughs> 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 Scrooge, Mickley, Chits and Mickley, uh, Mickley, Chits and Mickley, a humanist therapist or a psychoanalyst? Oh fuck! Well, if the answer is always psychoanalyst, this is going to be an easy quiz. But is it Jordan Peterson? No, it's not Jordan Peterson. You do not get a point because his message is exactly the opposite. He goes on about uh, personal responsibility and. <laughs> This question asks, who would say that because you don't have freedom and choice, you don't have responsibility? Oh, I don't know. Who is it? That's throwing me. Well, it's a very controversial question, and I'm not entirely sure that I agree with the answer. But the answer is the same as the first question, a psychoanalyst. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the person who wrote this question, yeah. they think that when you go into psychotherapy analyst, with yeah. a psychoanalyst, with an analyst... Um, the analyst is going to sit there on the other side of the desk as you're reclining on the sofa and is going to say to you, you don't have freedom, you don't have choice, therefore there's no responsibility, so just tell me what you've been doing recently in a predetermined way and I, with my superior psychoanalyst divine mind, will interpret that and declare what I think of you before thou, and you can simply go away with that information that will cost you lots of money. Mm. And Can't do um, anything about it anyway. Yeah, you can't do anything about it anyway, mm. and whatever you do with it, it's basically just an intellectual exercise I mean, that glorifies me, your 
Analyst. I feel like that's such a lofty concept that I'm struggling to, you know, I had to guess with Jordan Peterson because I know he says some pretty out there controversial stuff. But, you know, once you've said it's all about personal responsibility, that fits more for Jordan Peterson from what I know. So I was wrong. Question two, fail. Okay, so do, 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 do question three. Question three. Question three. For psychoanalysts, anxiety is the result of what, while it is the result of what for existentialists. So given that this question is a little bit convoluted, I'm going to read the okay. question Could with it the be? Answers. Could it be is the result of repressed desires for psychoanalysts and is the result of trauma for existentialists? Well, I mean, that's basically the, the format, but I'm going to go through all five of them. Oh, good point. And... <laughs> yes, there's, it's multiple <laughs> choice. Yes, I forgot that. Yes. Oh, dear. Sorry, uh, carry on. And do, do you want to shout that one when you hear the one you think it is? Or do you want to wait until you've heard all of them, by which point you've probably forgotten the one that I you should think prob- it is? I should probably hear them all. <laughs> Let me listen. <laughs> OK. For psychoanalysts... So this is the first one. For psychoanalysts, anxiety is the result of fear of death, while it is the result of unconditional positive regard for existentialists. Next one. For, for psychoanalysts, anxiety is the result of defence mechanisms, while it is the result of lying for existentialists. Next one. For psychoanalysts, anxiety is the result of Brussels sprouts, while it is Ooh. the result of Father Christmas for existentialists. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm veering towards that one currently. I mean, it is an existential question as to whether or not Father Christmas and Lapland do exist. And the next one is, for psychoanalysts, anxiety is the result of instinctual drives, while it's the result of awareness of ultimate concerns for existentialists. And then finally, for psychoanalysts, anxiety is the result of sexuality, while it's the result of being for existentialists. Oh, man. Okay. So... Like, the first one sounded quite good to me, but that last one also sounds pretty good. Um, I'm not going to make you repeat them. I'm going to go with the last one. Wrong. No! God! Which one was right, James? (laughs) The correct answer was, for psychoanalysts, anxiety is the result of instinctual drives, Uh. while it is the result of awareness of ultimate concerns for existentialists. And give me the last answer again, and you then tell me how they're different. The last answer was Sexuality. sexuality, which apparently is different to an instinctual drive. Apparently. And... Compared with awareness of ultimate concerns, which is apparently different to being. I'm sorry, those two things are almost identical. And like I said, I could have given it one of either answer. I think that's what I said anyway. Anyway, fail. I failed. Um, basically, in future, I might write the questions myself. Basically, um, I thought of this last night. Wait a second. So are you telling I... me you didn't write the answers like Father Christmas and Brussels sprouts? No, I did write those. Oh, so they're what, good. And, and I've also, I've also tweaked many of the answers. As in, I've taken some of the wrong answers and changed them to my wrong answers. Fair enough. Uh, but I've kept, I've kept what are claimed to be the correct answers uh, verbatim. Right, I um, see. However, I see. Um, I'm not entirely sure about all of them. So, no, number four. We're almost halfway through. <laughs> 
do, 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 question for its question for. Even for the mature individual, psychoanalytic theory posits that inner conflicts between conscious and unconscious forces result in dot dot dot. Is it an oral fixation? Is it neurotic anxiety? Is it a compromise formation? Is it defensive instincts? Or is it no Christmas presents for you this year. Uh. <laughs> for a second point, Dan, <laughs> which one of these complicated answers <laughs> to a lofty question? <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like maybe... Again, two of them sound sound so similar to me in like general gist. What's the, what's the neurotic one? Give me that. Neurotic anxiety is similar to defensive instincts. Yeah, they're the two obvious choices. So, I am going to go with defensive instincts. Nope, it was neither of those. What? It was a co- <laughs> According to the quiz. Even for the mature individual, psychoanalytic theory posits that inner conflicts between conscious and unconscious forces result in a compromise formation. Oh, my God. I mean, I, do, I have to say I do agree with that one. So if you are, um, if you are conflicted internally, let's say between your id and your superego, so the id just wants to grab that relative who's looking sexy next to the Christmas tree and you just want to have incest with them with everyone else watching to see how good you are at incest and then your superego says, no, Dan, that's a very bad idea. Mm -hmm. Everyone agrees that incest is bad. Why are you looking at your sexy little cousin in such an inappropriate way stop it what actually happens is some kind of compromise whereby you go and chat to your cousin and you kind of tell yourself oh they're just you know the son of a of a brother of a stepfather it's not really incest and you kind of enjoy how good looking they are but you don't do anything about it because you pay attention to your superego and you don't want to offend anyone and obviously you're not just going to do anything obscene in front of everyone because you you've learnt over four decades that that's not socially acceptable but that mm. is kind of a compromise yeah it's a compromise. i mean i'm not so sure that these answers are quite so <laughs> so for so so my understanding of that would be if you've got an uncon- unconscious drive it's not something that you're aware of so if you have a conscious thought and there is some conflict between this uncon- these feelings i guess you're having this this sort of intense feeling that you're having that you can't quite put into words but then you've got a kind of a conscious discussion about something in that arena you know like oh why do i find little Timmy so attractive you know like but you don't really know what, what's going on there like then how could you come up with a compromise between something that is unconscious and something that is conscious I don't 
see that. I would see that some kind of defence mechanism would come into play, like you would, you know, try and belittle the other person for sh- to kind of deal with the shame. You would kind of um, either avoid the social situation due to increased anxiety around that person. So I think these answers aren't really like, you know, yes or no answers. This is, and I think, you know, depending on which psychoanalyst and which school and how much training and what papers they've read about theories is which answer would be right or wrong so in essence i am correct and i'm giving myself a point for that answer no i'm not giving you a point because i'm the one who gives that point however i'm going to try and i'm trying to juggle everything you said i'm going to address all of your points so firstly this is very specifically as i said a freudian christmas quiz we're not worried about what Melanie Klein said, we're not worried about what any of the cognitive behavioural therapists said Mm -hmm. or anything like that. This is according to Freud, so you need to give answers based on what would Freud say. So that's that. Secondly, Mm -hmm. if all of your drives are unconscious, then I can understand what you're saying about the fact that the way you act consciously isn't going to be a compromise because you don't necessarily know what you're conflicting unconscious drives are so how could you compromise between them but i would say that in that situation the the result would be there would be two conflicting unconscious desires one is just your primal desire to mate with anything you find good looking and the other is your socialized desire to be appropriate in a social situation such as christmas day and those two would both unconsciously form a compromise that would then out of nowhere be a sort of um, type one thinking behavior that you're not necessarily paying attention to and not necessarily in control of but then what you would do if you are in the moment in the here and now at the Christmas tree in the living room and you're paying attention to everything you're being mindful you learnt all of these wonderful ways to improve your state of mind you would recognize that you were instinctively trying to do something that you didn't quite understand you would assume that it probably came from conflicting unconscious drives and you would calmly work out what you thought was the best thing to do and you wouldn't worry too much about it and you would probably not do anything ridiculous to do with incest or radically oppressive with a, an overbearing superego because you'd be perfectly comfortable and mindful in here and now and able to make a good decision about how to interact with the people at the party. Fair enough. Do, 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 question five. Question five. Freud suggests that human personality has three key structures, which serves as the source of all psychic energy, according to Freud. Is it the id? Is it the ego? Is it libido? Is it Santa's good little boys and girls superego? Or is it sperm? Just read the question again for me. And by the way, sperm was one of the answers in the actual quiz. That's not me putting bodily fluids into this quiz. Freud suggests that human personality has three key structures. Which of the following serves as the source of all psychic energy? Id, ego, libido, Santa's superego or sperm? I'm going to go with the id. 
Correct. Oh, thank goodness. I just needed a point. <laughs> I mean, you could still get more than me, I No, think. I don't think I can. Yeah, you can. Okay. Because okay. I, only got f I've, I only got four right. You've got two correct answers and there are three more questions. Okay. So you could still okay, beat me go. on this quiz. Do, 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 question six. It's question six. The essential component of Freud's personality theory that serves to alert the ego to internal or external danger is which of the following? Is it libido? Is it a brightly shining star? <laughs> is it anxiety? Is it defence? Or is it id? So read the question again. The essential component of Freud's personality theory that serves to alert the ego to internal or external danger is libido, no. a brightly no. shining star, anxiety, defence or id. I'm going to go with anxiety. Yes! yes! You get three oh, points! Thank God. Whew, whew. So you still have a chance of winning. Okay. Do, 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 break it down, it's question seven. The goal of all defence mechanisms and the basis of all neuroses in Freud's theory of psychopathology is... Is it resistance? Transference? Frankincense? I was very pleased That's with that one. That's very good, yes. Repression? Or catharsis. So one more time. The goal of all defence mechanisms and the basis of all neuroses in Freud's theory of psychopathology is resistance, transference, frankincense, repression or catharsis. I mean, I think it's repression. Correct! Yes! <laughs> I learned something at school. I learned something. Oh, do you know this is actually a really intense quiz i, I don't I, it's stirring up something in me that i like a sort of a internal competitiveness uh like, but it's it's there's a sort of a fight or flight element my my palms are sweaty my heart is racing i am so into this quiz right now i feel like i should have called the quiz is dan a freudian or is dan freudian, a freudian? yeah very good um uh, <laughs> Uh, so we're currently neck and neck. And there's one question left. Yeah. Do, 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 the final question. So to win the game, Daniel P. Brown, given that you are the professional and I'm the amateur, let's hope you get this one right. Let's hope. Or hath the student become the master? <laughs> You can, yeah, well, no matter what happens, you can feel good about yourself. Either you've learnt lots of stuff and remembered it, or you've taught me so well that you're a brilliant teacher. Or third option, I guess a bunch of them correctly. <laughs> yeah. So, which term was used by Freud to describe his theory of child development during the first 21 months of life? Was it the oral stage... Was it the phallic stage? Was it the anal stage? Was it the vaginal stage? Or was it he's behind his stage left? <laughs> That's a good one. 
I think it's oral. Yes! yes! You win! <laughs> oh, it was a close call. It was a close, it was a close call. I, oh, gosh. That was almost sexual winning that. <laughs> that was, I think, is that, it? is that it? Anyway, thank you for joining us for Christmas 2021 podcast special. I, I'm going to go and have my post-coital cigarette. Goodbye. Uh, well, I think um, we did this for Let It Flow. I have a little Christmas tipple. No, no, no. It didn't really work. We had this, I, had the same, I had the same problem making a chinking noise for um, uh, the flow episodes. No, you're, you're holding the glass holding too it. high, James, yeah. you know? Jeez. Hold Don't on. smash it, mate. That was good. That good yeah, one? that was really good. Um, I just wish that the listener could have seen that because that was funny to watch. So basically, so I'm going to pour myself a little Christmas tipple. Are you one of those people that has the shakes all the time? No, but I haven't had lunch, so it might be because... This is probably a terrible idea, Why not having lunch and that? having yeah. some some fine ruby port well the reason i'm doing this is because um i mean it's very tempting because i'm so excited to just plow on with all the multiple things jam-packed bumper overflowing santa's sack of games and features um fun and games with dan and james at christmas but i don't want to just plow on like a like a farmer ploughing yep, a field. Yep. I want to take a little pause between all of the fun mm-hmm. features. And so I thought that the easiest way to do that would be to have a little Christmas tipple with you in between each feature. So I'm just going to have a little sip of my fine ruby And if you port. don't mind, I'll just get myself a little glass of orange juice. I'm going to behave as if I am the teetotaler in this situation, but I am not. Excellent. Dan has probably, for the benefit of the listener, Dan has probably had alcohol every day this year, whereas... That's not... Whereas I live in a Muslim country where it's incredibly inconvenient to find alcohol. And also, I've I've really started to enjoy how well I sleep when I don't drink before going to bed so i very rarely have anything to drink um i did recently have some wine whilst in the uk because i was enjoying time with family and friends but here in morocco i pretty much have nothing so i have this tiny little um miniature bottle of port that was an impulse purchase at the airport in lisbon when i was on my way back to morocco and because i particularly like tiny little bottles I chose to buy this little collection and that is my Christmas tipple today got some troubling update on the Christmas cat situation well while you were booting out the Christmas cat I was having a very nice time just chatting to the listener small talk with someone who wasn't there brilliant yeah (laughs) okay so I'm opening my Christmas brew um the cat stole some of the advent calendar christmas cheese so she's been thrown out quite right yeah and it was one of the um apple woods and i like actually it could be one of the mexican ones but it's 
Anyway, that had to go in the bin because I'm not going to let the cat eat a whole cheese. And um, I'm not going to eat a cheese that the cat's had its grubby little paws around. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 how we laughed. Um, so what were you chatting to the listener about, James? I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm interested. Give me more. You have fear of missing out, don't you? Which is not very stoic. Do you know what? I really actually don't. I just thought it might be a nice way to reintegrate the conversation by you just giving me a little update. Okay, well, I was saying basically that I got this... Boring! Uh, yeah, okay. So... <laughs> um, we can we can actually, um, in, a, in a very mellow and um, as natural as it would have been if I hadn't phrased this, like it's a radio transition, we can just... Um, gently meander into the next feature because it's it's kind of it's it's a little bit more of a chatty feature it's basically something cool. that i was going to um uh, just talk about maybe as part of small talk but then i realized that <clears throat> i could twist it into a very convoluted tedious connection to both christmas and our Big Five Personality Traits episode, which we called The Big Ten. Love it. Yep, go on then. So, Dan, you are familiar that every year I make my list of my favourite 40 songs of the past year that I've listened to. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. Always very good. Well, this originated from when I was a teenager. I was obsessed with the actual, uh, the UK Top 40 chart that I used to listen to on the radio. I used to love listening to it on a Sunday and uh, some people might find what I'm about to say to be heathen, but I never listened to the official chart on Radio 1 because oh. they used to... Um, I think it was only two hours long and they used to omit some of the songs. And yep, it, was just, yep. it was just not autistic friendly. So I used to listen to my local commercial Cambridge-based radio station, which was at the time called Q103. Now I think it's just Heart Cambridge. Um, and they would, on a Sunday, have um, a, a UK-wide... They, they'd plug into the UK network and it would be the official top 40 where every 40... Every one of the 40 songs was played from 40 to 1 correctly as it should be done. Excellent. So I used to listen to that Autiste-friendly version and I had to put up with the adverts in between and the cheese. I think it was Dr. Fox who presented it. Oh, Not a Fox. doctor. Yeah. And, but I used and, to... and not a fox either. <laughs> but I used to get very excited with the countdown to number one. And then, this, this is great small talk, because this is sort of like a little bit of a social history and how times they have changed recently. So back then I used to listen to the FM radio signal of Q103 in Cambridge, and I would listen to the top 40 at the same time between whatever it was... 4 and 7pm on a Sunday evening. Then, with the introduction in my life of, of streaming services where you could make your own playlists, I used to start making my own charts, which were obviously better than the official UK singles chart because people are stupid and they don't know what the hell they're doing and some of them have mm -hmm. just got... 
foggy minds where they haven't learned to be in the moment, they haven't learned to meditate, they haven't read Carl Rogers, they haven't done Sam Harris's meditation, none of that. And they, they just have these, these clouded, stupid minds where they go around living their lives not knowing what they're doing or anything like that. They don't pull up their socks and flow. And they, back in the day, they used to go into Woolworths and used to buy singles and they used to buy the wrong ones. And therefore, Obviously. at the end of the week, the official UK singles chart would be wrong. And by wrong, I mean not what the what the what a correct person would do, and a correct person would do what the only child would do. Of course. Anyway, I'm going to skip a bit. So as you can see, like originally the chart was just wrong, and then I had the chance to make my own charts by making my own playlist with streaming services, and I could get excited at the end of the year building up to number one but at the same time i used to look at um for example nme's top 100 tracks of the year pitchfork top 100 songs of the year the observer top 25 songs, all these kinds of lists that were out there and there, was, there used to be quite a lot of overlap because there was a limited pool of songs that were kind of in that were widely known because they were on radio playlists and they got airplay and everyone knew about them. Um, but then, and then there would always be a few songs that I hadn't heard of, like some something lofty from the Observer Critics list that was sort of like, you know, uh, it, it, was, it received a five-star review album of the week back in June in the Observer. And so they included it in the best songs of the year. But it was really only kind of like Steve Lamack level music fans who knew about it most people hadn't heard it because it wasn't on the radio one or radio two playlist but but there was basically a lot of overlap and then in the in the years since then with every passing year a kind of reflection of the social media bubbles that we've seen in in the news in the sense where people are only aware of news that's in their social media feed and two people can have a conversation about current events and not and just completely talk past each other because as far as far as they're each concerned they live in two different worlds the world is a different place because of their social media bubbles being echo echo chambers echo chambers Echo chambers. Echo chambers. Well done for echoing echo chamber. Um, That was very funny. I'm almost laughing. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? Of course. The way people can have totally different mindsets as to how the world works, what makes the world work, why things are the way they are, and what has happened in the world in the past 24 hours or the past year completely at odds with someone else in their family. And then they come together at Christmas dinner and everyone starts arguing because one person thinks that uh, the year has been just an atrocity of wokeness gone mad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uncle John sits down and says, wokeness, eh? And then says something that (laughs) that really infuriates twenty-one-year-old Nathan on the twenty-one-year-old non-binary Nathan on the other side of the table, who starts screaming back at him that um, you need to learn about slavery and empire, and you're not going to be you're not allowed any food at this Christmas table until until you've read some books and educated yourself. 
And so they just and 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 then Uncle John says, "You little twerp! How dare you! I'm older than you. I know more." Blah blah blah. And they just argue and fight and throw yeah. food at each other. And God, uh, you know, there's, there's there's the person in the middle who's cooked it all, who's now crying because they've spent days preparing for this. They've spent a lot of money, and now it's ruined. All that sort of thing. Um. And all of this because of echo chambers and fake news and um, uh, social media giants being funded by, uh, you know, evil lizard people to advertise. And the only way they can advertise is by grabbing your attention. And the way they do that is with the evil dark arts of psychology and all this sort of thing. And all of that has also resulted... Not, I mean, I know I'm saying it like this. I'm not sure that the analogy entirely stands. But what I was going to say is that when I look these days at the um, newspaper list of the best songs of the year and Pitchfork's top 100 songs of the year, usually, like, for example, this year, I looked at Pitchfork's top 100 songs of the year and I've recognised maybe five of them. Five? Blimey. Okay. Well, I don't know, maybe five or ten. No more than ten out of a hundred. Whereas back when I was a teenager, I used to recognise the majority of them. And then there would be maybe ten or twenty songs I hadn't heard before. And I would eagerly listen listen to them thinking, have I missed something good on my chat? Yes, yes. Continue. I'm enjoying. So basically, that's a long way of saying that you know the internet and the times they are changing yes they are it's more like the the music industry the changes in the music industry with streaming and the music distribution and uh record labels trying to work out how to monetize all of this moving on from the piracy years which came after the years when the music industry used to control everything because they would just produce records and sell them in a controlled distribution network and all that sort of thing. And so the result of a kind of like a, a more democratic way of distributing music if you're an artist means that when the only child comes to make his top 40 of the year, there's, there's only a minute number of songs of all, uh, proportional to all the songs that have been distributed over the year that the only child has actually listened to. And so therefore it's very difficult for the only child to accurately say, yes, these are the best 40 songs of the year. So now the only child basically says, here are 40 of my favourite songs of the random ones that I happened to stumble across over the course of the past year. OK, so... What what do you feel then? Do you feel like that that this is something that is bothering you? That you need to you need to get a broader what's the word? Um, you need to get out of your own echo chamber and and hear more of the world. Or are you saying that your playlist is still the best? Right now, in the here and now, what's bothering me is that I that is that that was just too much topic too much topic for the small talk and <laughs> i alluded to christmas day which i'm very satisfied about so it wasn't entirely a deviation from the upbeat jovial chatty fun and games with dan and james christmas special but i mean trying to compare the music industry with echo chambers and fake news and also trying to give a whole sort of like 
uh, potted history of the last 20 years of music distribution. Um, in retrospect, I probably wouldn't have done that. I'd have just said something like, uh, music distribution has changed so much in the last few years with uh, streaming services and there's so much more music out there. It's not just what the record labels control with their distribution and the way that you only ever get to hear music through radio playlists and CDs and shop windows and albums that get reviewed by newspapers. These days you can find music so many ways and there's so much more of it out there to find that inevitably when you look at uh, a list in, for example, Pitchfork, it's going to be full of songs that you didn't even know existed. That's what I would have said. I see. But I, I thought, you know, do, do, aren't you one of those people that can, when they see the long lists, go through all the songs and then chooses your best from that? Or do you already have in your mind what that top 40 is going to be by the time you get to sort of November? Oh, I already have in mind what that top 40 is going to be. I and then, see, I see. And then what I do is if, like, some of the some of the charts that are released quite early in November, like, for example, the, the Observer's top 25 of the year, the Pitchfork songs were released quite early. I kind of, like, read through the descriptions, picked out a few that I thought I might like. Of those, about three of them I really did like, and I listened to them a lot over the course of two weeks, and they've made their way into my chart. I see. Yes, yes. Okay, but it is still a very good chart. <laughs> and so, some tropes. There's always some kind of obscure French electro that no one's ever heard of, and that nothing has changed this year. Uh, there's always some Eurovision because I am a big fan of Eurovision. And then um, there's, general, there's there's occasionally kind of um, a, a a leftover from the kinds of sort of like indie bands I used to listen to as a teenager that I don't really listen to that much anymore. So anyway, what I've done is I'm not going to go through all 40 songs with a story of each song and how... <laughs> how I decided to put it in that position in mm -hmm. my divine only child list. So what I've done is I've taken the top five and I've made a quiz to see if you can guess who is in the top five based on a description of the personality of the of the artist and I've kind of contrived it so that each one fits one of the big five personality traits. <laughs> okay, so is this another one of those quizzes that I'm going to really struggle with? Um, I don't know, but obviously I got all of them right. So obviously. I'm just going to myself Well, didn't you write five... them? Yeah, so I'm going to just give myself five points for that wait wait so, wait the, the quiz master isn't a player in the game well i was a player in the um the freudian quiz because i got to just do that quiz online so as yeah, far as but... i'm concerned <clears throat> i'm going to be a player in the, the oliver Sacks game because you've come up with some things for me i'm not going to be a player in oh no no i am going to be a player in picks and blankety blankets Basically, I'm a player in all of it. There's, the only one that I'm not really a player in is the Nightmare Interpretation Before Christmas. So I'm definitely going to give myself five points for correctly choosing my favourite five songs of the year. OK, fine, fine. I, <laughs> no, I, think you, I think this is much easier than the Freudian quiz. So let me just breeze through um, just a few that didn't make it. I'm afraid Lana Del Rey didn't make it into the top five. She's number... Oh, not into the top five. OK, OK, but she's there no, somewhere. She's, she's, she's in number 16. I'm afraid that Little Nas the Tenth, who um, 
who's more commonly known as Lil Nas X, only made it to number 10. Despite okay. lap dancing with Satan, despite showering naked with lots of attractive men in a prison shower scene in one of his videos. Dan, have you seen that video? I've not, no. Probably the first thing that you'll do after this recording. But I do not base my decisions on music videos as far as I'm concerned. That's cheating. So, yes, number five. The lead singer was half-naked and accused of snorting cocaine during the vote count at Eurovision, making him clearly open to experience. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the Italian winning entry for the Eurovision, whose name absolutely escapes me. That's fine, you get a point for that. Well done. You see, after that lengthy build-up to this, in which I talked about, yes. uh, you know, music distribution and echo chambers and fake news, I, I, and, and after the, the Freud quiz, which was actually quite difficult, I think you thought that this was just going to get more and more, like, firstly, up my own ass as, a, as the only child doing something that, to me, is wonderful, to everyone else, is meaningless, and increasingly impossible for you to get any of the answers right. But this is one example where... I feel satisfied that I have not regressed. I think, as I was doing this, I thought, how can I make it so that it's fun for Dan and that he has a chance of getting the answers right? Well, so far it is fun, so let's move on to number two. Number four. <laughs> uh, OK, number four. Sorry, yes, of course. Because this, this is a countdown yes, to number Yes, I get one. it now, I get it, yes. Uh, she's recently lost far more weight than Dan has ever managed, but still manages... <laughs> <laughs> but, but still manages to fill a stadium with her voice, making her an extrovert of the big five personality traits. <clears throat> I'm guessing Who do you think it is? I'm guessing that's Adele. You're correct. You get another point. Oh, this is good. So, previously, I've been kind of indifferent towards Adele. I've, in fact, I've never listened to an Adele album in its entirety. But now that but, she's rubbish, you like her? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, number three. Now, this might be the one where the listener doesn't... If the listener is playing along with their own festive tipple, their own score sheet... I mean, the, the devoted listener may well be doing that. Um, it's very unlikely that the listener is going to get this one right. But you, Dan, do stand a chance. Oh, God. So this is, this is the obscure French Electro, but it's obscure French Electro that I shared with you earlier in the year. So it, let's see if you remember... A French electro group that changed their name this year, suggesting a propensity to neuroticism. Well, I mean, I did not know that they changed their name, but I thought the Blaze is probably who you'd be talking about, but maybe not. Unfortunately, they didn't release anything this year. Uh... I'm going to, I'm going to give you a point because you managed to name a French electro <laughs> band, which is very difficult. <laughs> Other than like Daft Punk or but, Air, or yeah, but this one was a band called Magenta, who they didn't even exist with that name before this year, and uh, I don't think they're all that well known in France, let alone outside of France. So I'll give you a point simply for naming a French electro oh, band thanks. that I like. In at number two, now this is quite a bombshell because. Number two and number one, it was almost impossible to decide. But I don't do sharing in my chart of the year. There's, there's no 
joint number one. There's no everyone goes home a winner. There's no certificate for taking part. There's on, only one person gets to hold aloft the trophy worth more than any other in the industry. And so the loser this year or the loser, the losing band this year at number two, there's never an inappropriate moment for Ken Bruce to play the song on Radio 2. This band might have all divorced each other, but their music maintains an agreeable personality. Well, I'm guessing it's ABBA. Correct. You get another point. Yes. We're now neck and neck, so if you get number one right, you'll be back in the lead. Because oh, I, I raced ahead of you because I just gave myself all the points for knowing what music I like. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I, th I think that's reasonable. <laughs> so to get back in the lead, can you guess my number one of the year from this personality-based description? Despite upstaging Her Royal Highness at Diana's funeral... This queen was once conscientious enough to send my aunt a massive bouquet of flowers when she wrote him a letter articulating her disgust at the way the tabloids treated him at the time. It's got to be Elton John, right? Yes! Ah, yes! You racing back into the lead. Dan has ten points. I have nine. Oh, God, that was so close. So close. It was so close as far as I was concerned because I am one of the world's biggest fans of ABBA. Um, having watched Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia Here We Go Again countless times. The new song from ABBA, Don't Shut Me Down, is, as far as I'm concerned, a masterpiece. But I think in this context, because of a um, soft spot I have for... His Royal Highness, Sir Elton John. Oh, by the way, that was a duet with Stevie Wonder that I put at number one, a song called Finish Line, uh -huh. which is completely over... I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the ABBA song is absolutely the better song. This song, this duet with Stevie Wonder, I mean, I love it, but it's, it's ridiculously over the top. There's, I think they've got Kanye West gospel choir in the background. Yeah. There's a ludicrous key change at the end of it. It's just a sort of like a feel-good, like you've gone to church somewhere in the south of Texas and the pastor is clapping and the choir is singing. It's that kind of song. Well, listener, you, if you haven't heard it already, you, you better put it on straight away. <laughs> Pause this podcast and listen. OK, well, I'm talking pausing. It's time for me to... Because I'm very excited. I've done, I've done so many... I've used so many words in that segment. So many. I'm going to... I'm going to pause with my Christmas tipple and I'm going to ask Dan, what's your favourite song from the past year? Um, well, now, Spotify would have you, have you believe that my favourite song of the past year is First Aid Kit singing a cover of a Kate Bush song and... Um, but but I'm not 100% sure that I believe that because I don't actually really remember listening to it more than once or twice. So uh, 
so 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 in in the Spotify um, playlist, which is made for me, the the top five is we have a Kate Bush song, a Talking Heads song, a Tears for Fears, a Dusty Springfield, and a Fleetwood Mac. And in essence, what I've been listening to this year that 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 does make a lot of sense. But if you ask me, what is my favourite kind of new song of the last year? Um, I'm gonna go with. Um, it's a very, very good question, actually. What is my favourite new song? I don't even know if I've been listening to any new music at all. <laughs> I, I discovered discovered a reggae artist called Sister Nancy, and she's got some very fun songs. One of which is on, was was on some television program, and I and I shazammed it called Bam Bam. That's a lot of fun, but it's a very old song. Also, been listening to a lot of Elton John myself, and Jewel, and Jackson Brown. Um, I discovered that the Pat Sharp 1980s song Let's All, Let's All Chant was actually a cover version um, and originally by a band called the Michael Zager Band, and that's a lot of fun. Um, also been listening to Groove Armada's um, Late Night Tales, which is a kind of a, like a mix and remix um, album. That's very, very good. Um, really, really cool song that I enjoyed very much was by the band Midlake, a song called Roscoe. But again, it's not a new song, another old song. Um, and, uh, you know, this year I have really enjoyed looking back on some of the crappier but more fun uh, uh, pop songs of the last, like, uh, 20 years. So <laughs> um, I Missed You by Lisa Loeb, which is also entitled Stay. Fight for This Love by Cheryl. <laughs> um, uh, Grace Kelly by Mika. That was up there. Um, but I also got to say, I did really enjoy I Love You, I Hate You by Little Sims. And that, I'm pretty certain, was out in 2021. Um, obviously still loving Britney. I thought Romy's uh, tune first, uh, Romy from the XX first like solo tune which I think it's her first called Lifetime I really enjoyed that and the remixes of that were really good had a little look back um at Elvis Costello and his big songs like I Want You and Oliver's Army really been enjoying those and Joy Crooks who I think is a potential replacement for um oh sorry update uh, in the direction in in the region of uh, Amy Winehouse Joy Crooks really good London artist and although I've never listened to them before I've really been enjoying NWA, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, straight out of Compton, fuck the police, always into something, gangster, gangster. But of course, the absolute ultimate is a song called Express Yourself, which is really a very, very good tune, and I recommend anyone listen to it. I assume it's not a cover of the Madonna song, Express Yourself. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. Um, and also, going, I, you know, I'm not going to go through them all, but I had a good few months period where I was just going back through um, 90s dance floor hits, you know, like um, Deep Dish, um, Sweet Harmony, On a Ragatip, Missing with the Todd Terry remix, Dreamer by Living Joy, uh, Pump Up the Jam, Show Me the Love, that kind of stuff. Um, but, but in essence, I, I don't know that I've listened to that much new music this year. I've very much been going back to things that... Uh, had a kind of a sentimental and a, and a kind of a, a memory value for me. Um, when, you know, looking in my top 200, which is not a Spotify playlist, it's sort of my playlist, my, my liked songs, Magenta are there with Assay. Well, yeah, that's, I remember specifically um, sharing that album with you and saying that I particularly liked that song. But basically, 
Because you introduced me to the Blaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't. Apparently, I didn't follow them. I just so I just had that one song there, which of course I like, but I did not remember them being called Magenta. But yeah, like so. In terms of new songs, probably it's going to be the Joy Crooks, really, really good, and Romy Lifetime. Um, so listen to those. Does that help? Yes, thank you very much. That was very comprehensive. In fact, almost too many words. I'm just going to throw criticism levelled at me back at you. Almost too many words, that was. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say that, obviously, I do not make my chart to be a look at me... I know the best connoisseurs, obscure bands, and find, basically, I firstly know nothing technical about music, and secondly, uh, again, can't sing, can't play an instrument, as the listener will, will know if they listen to our Flow Christmas special when I had a guitar and I played Let It Flow, Let It Flow, Let It Flow. But basically, I'm perfectly happy to have all kinds of cheese and junk in my chart but just to give the listener a couple of highlights that are the kinds of things that might be more likely to appear in the observer and pitchfork lists i did enjoy a song by laura and called got me she's great live very good live I've seen her live at the Barbican with the BBC, was it the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, I think. Wow, that's, the, yeah, yeah, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, she's great. There was, uh, of course, your favourite Lana Del Rey. Oh, I love with you, Lana. Who, I really was not interested in her until, that was entirely you, that after many, many times of being not interested, I finally decided to give her a go and now I do enjoy listening to her. And um, shall I pick one more? No. I okay. Won't. Well, <laughs> well, I don't want to. Uh, you know, I don't want to lose pace on today because we, you know, we we really want to like keep this fun going. Add in some okay. jingle bells. I want to hear you know, ho ho hos. You know what's? You know, there's more to this Christmas special than just us blabbering on about our favourite music that we've been listening to this year. Do you want to play Pigs in Blankety Blankets? I cannot wait to play Pigs in Blankety Blankets. Okay, so the premise of this game is kind of like Blankety Blankets. No fucking way. Um, (laughs) If you hadn't already guessed. um, For our younger listeners, um, uh, Blankety Blank is basically the snatch game from RuPaul's Drag Race. That's a reference that might make more sense to the majority of people I, listening. I thought you were going to say for our younger listeners, Pigs in Blankets is a non-vegan meat snack that your parents <laughs> might enjoy. Obviously, I didn't think that. Yeah, that's, a, that's another... That's so much, I didn't realise that there would be so much... Plant-based um, pigs in plant-based blankets. Yeah, I didn't know there'd be so much context required for this game. But <laughs> basically, I so there's there are three Christmas Day scenarios here uh, that I've made up. Okay, okay, and I'm with you. Yep. For each one, I've missed out a word or two where there's a blank, and so you're going to try and guess what I put in the blank. 
if you get it right, you get a point. If you don't guess what I put, then I get the Brilliant. point. And if you get it right, then I don't get the point. Bam, so I'm bam. not gonna just I'm not just in advance giving myself another three points. <laughs> because I know the Piao piao. I got you. Okay. Let's okay, do this. So, the first Wait, one. hang on, but we haven't got a jingle for it. Hang on. Let me Okay. Pigs. But do you remember the original blankety blank jingle? I do, I do. It went Okay. Do, 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 do. Blankety blank, blankety blank. So that'll do. But uh, well, the game is called Pigs in Blankety Blankets, so do, 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 do. I expect more okay, so from okay. the jingle. Do 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 Pigs in blankety blankets, blankety blankets. Excellent. You've excelled yourself, though. That's probably the best impromptu jingle you've ever Thank done. Thank you. I'm going to give you a point for yes. that. So, number one. When little Hugo tried to cancel Uncle John at Christmas dinner for failing <laughs> to understand critical race theory... Yes! He didn't expect to receive his uncle's girthy blank in his tiny little blank. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant to get the exact answer to get a point. Or at least r- roughly, vaguely in the right kind of field for each one of these. Girthy sausage in his mouth. <laughs> I didn't I mean like it. You... As it, you set me up there. Now let me go with... Give me the give me the give me the sentence again. Hugo, what? <laughs> Jesus God! When little Hugo tried to cancel Uncle John at Christmas dinner for failing to understand critical race theory, he didn't expect to receive his uncle's girthy blank in his tiny little blank. His girthy wit in his tiny little mind. I mean, you lost the point. You would have actually got the point if you'd stuck with your first answer because obviously I set you up uh, with something that was clearly designed to sound like lewd. Yes, I got that. But, but, But the clue was actually in the name of the game. So the answer that I had was his uncle's girthy pig in his tiny little blanket. And therefore, the his, the, the, the pronoun his in the sentence referred to the pig so it's the pig in his blanket i could never i mean that was just I, I that's what i was feeling like he threw the sausage at him that's what i felt was going on there you know but you see it is the tiny little blank the his refers to the pig not not little not little hugo all right cool on to the next one um so you don't get a point for mm, that number okay. two after these all follow on from each other so after Uncle John had put away three plates of Brussels sprouts, everyone was horrified with the amount of blank that came oozing out of him. Gas? <laughs> Racism? Uh, well, which one of those are you going to pick? Gas. 
So you're saying after Uncle John had put away three plates of Brussels sprouts, everyone was horrified with the amount of gas that came oozing out of him. Well, unfortunately for you, you don't get a point because I was not feeling like regressing into toilet humour when I wrote my oh, answer. This is ridiculous. Yes. Mine was, everyone was horrified with the amount of virtue signalling that came <laughs> oozing out of him. Because, obviously, everyone knows vegans like to make sure you know how they're better than now. And Uncle John is a vegan. That's why he was eating all the Brussels sprouts and giving his pigs and blankets to his nephew. Oh, blimey. Okay. Well, there we go. Next one. And by the way, yeah, I forgot to say, Uncle, in the, Uncle John has gone vegan to save the planet and no longer eats meat. So that's why he gave his pork to his nasty little nephew. With unconditional positive regard. Oh, you forgot to say that, which would have explained the entire thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wouldn't have got virtue signalling anyway, but carry on. I might have got humble bragging. <laughs> is that the same thing? That is the same. You would have got a point for that, yeah. Bugger. Okay. During a post-dinner game of Monopoly, the table was outraged when a tipsy Uncle John revealed his humongous blank. I'll give you a clue. Yes, can you? Think back to some recent episodes. Cognitive distortion. Is that what you want to give that as your answer? His humongous... When he revealed his humongous... Yes, I'm giving that as my answer. Cognitive distortion. I'm going to give you a point because it was a, it was a distortion. It was one of the fallacies. <laughs> so, the tape... <laughs> His humongous what? His humongous fallacy. So <laughs> the table was the table oh, was God. outraged when a drunken Uncle John revealed his humongous fallacy of fairness. They all screamed at him, life's not fair, and nor is this game of Monopoly. Okay, alright. Yep. Very good. Very good. This is a great game. You're well in the lead at the moment. You've got twelve points and I'm trailing behind with nine. So the thing, oh no, no, wait, it's time for me to take a breather and have a little sip of my Christmas tipple. Merry Christmas to one and all. If you at home, the listener, are thinking of writing up your own game of pigs in blankety blanket, make sure that you thematicise the entire event. Think about what's happened this year. Perhaps you might like to take COVID. Um, as a theme or, or, or the vaccination centre and you might like to add a little bit of toilet humour of your own so perhaps look back on our episode around fallacies because it's so funny to use the word fallacy as a double entendre at the same time as really thinking about the psychological impact of cognitive distortions on the family <clears throat> we're not played the sat game yet um of course because that's usually what we sort of end on isn't it so did we want to have a think about listener feedback from the year? Do you have any on that's come into the post? Usually I have listener feedback from one of the singular listener. And the for, for a highlight of this, again, I would recommend the flow season Christmas special, Let It Flow, because the listener really had some criticism about how we know nothing about habitus and narrativization. We need to shut up and stay in our lane. This year, however, we've got listener feedback from the other, the listener, who is 
far more generous of spirit mm. at Christmas and has lovely things to say about us. And so basically, I met the listener when I was in the UK recently. And I mean, he said lots and lots of words and I wasn't taking shorthand notes. So I'm afraid I can't provide his feedback this year. So next year, I'll have to ask him to write it down. Well, one thing that me and the listener did manage to get involved in, which you also might like to try at home, is um, um, a game of interpersonal shame top trumps. Um, As we went back through the years and um, sent each other voice notes, confessing all of the things that we'd been ashamed of since childhood, (laughs) to see if we could outdo each other with how bad we had just been over our lifetimes. Needless to say, I won. James, I think I think I've sent it to you, so you'll have it as a screenshot. Well, I, I was just going to say I do have the listener feedback here, but did you say you were you were going to read out a game that you had? No, no, we can't read out. That is absolutely private. I was just saying if they might like to try it at home. Myself, oh. <laughs> myself, and the listener sent voice notes with our most shameful and hidden experiences to each other to try and outdo each other. It was called Shame Top Trumps, um, and you'd. You think of the worst things that you've done, tell them in story format, trying to be as lighthearted as possible and then send to the other person. And then they'd have to trump that. And like I said, needless, I had done all of the worst things. Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me coming from the person who told everyone on an NHS Zoom call that he'd once caught someone's flying feces and handled it. And everyone else just looked at you in horror that you would share such a disgusting story. No one else shared any stories. It killed the conversation and they all went away thinking, Dan is disgusting. Yeah, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? It wasn't an NHS, it wasn't an (laughs) NHS Zoom call. It was a NHS Union podcast. I do have the feedback. So here is what the listener has said about us this year. The babble allows the topics to shine, illuminates them, contextualises them. I'm a... Hold on. We have pronoun issue again here. You refers to Mm -hmm. Dan, because this is the listener talking to Dan. So, you are a very good foil to James in that he, as a layman, postulates certain notions whilst you order the edifice with the eye of the practitioner. The interplay is that of two people who delight in the other's company. Mutual respect is mm-hmm. evident. That's the appeal. Also, by doing the chatty bits, you give the listener an insight into your own lives, thereby adding another layer of authenticity. Whilst dealing with quite lofty concepts, the language isn't exclusive. I bet you were thrilled with that feedback. That's all you've ever wanted. Inclusivity, in of course, yes, and something that's accessible. You are, after all, humans, as are your listeners. What comes across is your enthusiasm for the subject without deference to actual listener ratings. I think it will be one of those initial slow burners that will eventually uh, snow once a wider audience adopts the format. Uh, The production is very slick. I'm just going to take a moment to appreciate some listener feedback that is entirely aimed at my superb skills... Mm -hmm. Um, Give yourself a point for that, actually, James, because, I mean, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm not quite catching... I mean, sorry, I'm getting slightly closer to you, but I'm still trailing behind you. You're in double digits, though, James, so, you know. Yeah. On that account, your care and attention is the USP. 
You've both been on long journeys with me and, dare I say it, shared the odd bath. <laughs> Sharing a bath with our listener in the east of England. We were very pleased to share it with you. So thank you very much to the listener for some positive feedback. And this time next year, I'll ask the other, the listener, to tell us that we don't know anything and we need to shut up again. Yes, I cannot wait to listen to their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how are you preparing for Christmas? Have you been buying presents? Have you got anything for your nearest and dearest and for the, um, the pompous Frenchman that you live with? Absolutely not, because, uh, like I said, the, the borders have closed again in Morocco. So up until recently, we thought we were going to be going somewhere. Now we're not, or at least not, not out of Morocco. And also, I kind of thought there's another week before Christmas. So I've got so much to cram into the next God, few days. Okay. We'll see how that pans out. Okay. For the listeners' benefit, Dan has put on a festive Father Christmas Yay, hat. Yay, Christmas. Just in case you thought this couldn't get even more festive. Could it be any Christmas, sir? So, I left this uh, game close to the end because um, I think of all the games... This is definitely the one you're going to like the least. Good. Because I, this is the game where I regressed mm. and um, I, I, I went, compl- I totally indulged in exactly the kind of thing that I used to do when I made magazines for my aunt and I used to write um, slanderous toilet humour jokes at her expense and I used to get giddy with joy writing these things and I'd send Uh them to her as we've talked about on this podcast before and so I've kind I've basically done that only you are the undeserving victim we're going to uh, do some Freudian dream interpretation but uh, of course because it's the night before Christmas I've called it the Nightmare Interpretation Before Christmas. I mean, I'm sure you got the joke, but I've just explained it anyway, because I love a joke explained. definitely makes it funnier. (laughs) So I'm going to read you a Nightmare... And basically, no one, no one's going to win any points for this. This is, this is more of a game. It's not really a quiz. Okay. It's just a game. So, you're in the warm, festive comfort of the living room on the night before Christmas. Everything is a bit of a blur because you've had no sleep last night and you just drank your way through three large glasses of mulled wine. Suddenly, Father Christmas comes thrusting through the fireplace, penetrating the room with a powerful presence and knocking all the aubergine emoji baubles off the tree. He pauses only to swallow whole a couple of mince pies, upon which a certain part of his anatomy becomes engorged like Popeye's arms, and glug a shot of brandy to loosen his morals a little before turning his eyes to the prize. Larry! Larry, he says. 
Where are you, my Welsh rampant rabbit? Daddy's got some meatballs to bounce on your Christmas plate. The sound of a comedy horn comes honking from the... <laughs> the sound of a comedy horn comes honking from the hallway. And in dances your mother in a sexy mm -hmm. piece of lingerie as twinkling as the blushing angel yeah, on top I'm of the tree. Yeah, not seeing game yet, James. <laughs> oh, mummy, says Father Christmas, just wait until I drizzle my brandy sauce all over your pudding. <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. <laughs> At that moment, taking everyone by surprise, the sound of smashing mm -hmm. glass cuts through the lust mm -hmm. in the room. Mummy and Daddy Christmas turn round to see the shattered remains of a peanut dispenser. <laughs> and, as the <laughs> and as they notice with horror that you're the bad person who dropped it, you wake up screaming in a wet bed. How do you think Freud would interpret that? <laughs> do you want? Do you want to dignify it with a sort of like a brief summary in your reaction, or uh, do you want to just tell me that I've regressed and I'm a bad person? I I'm, I don't even know what to say to that. Really, I I think potentially <laughs> that's the worst thing I've heard all, all year. Is it even worse than your game of shame? Yes, because that was fun, and and I had some. <laughs> there was consent. <laughs> that is just that's just awful we're not playing that game at the Christmas special next year oh okay well I enjoyed it good do you want to move on to the next one yes go on well, I'm just going to have a little sip of my Christmas tipple in between mm. so the next game is potentially the highlight because well for you anyway because so every year we play the sack game, and this year we're playing the Oliver Sacks game. I have in front of me a copy of The Mind's Eye by Oliver Sacks. Uh, do you want to give the listener a, just a brief introduction to Oliver Sacks? Not the kind of full introduction that he deserves, because we'll probably be talking about him in uh, forthcoming episodes, but just a, a reason why you like him so much. Uh, he's, he's probably the world's greatest and most popular neurologist and psychiatrist, and um, one of the men responsible for finding a cure for the sleeping sickness by using L-Dopa to wake people out of sort of coma-like trances that they'd been in for years. Uh, he's also a gay icon. He's a gay man that came out quite late on in life and he's had the most fascinating life. He was an incredible weightlifter, toured the world on motorbikes, enjoyed um, using hallucinogenics, wrote thousands of clinical papers and scores of books all of which are really really interesting and very readable um, and he was absolutely fascinated with rare and random neurological conditions which were almost untreatable but he would try and find ways of communicating and and connecting with the people who were suffering with these you know uh, afflictions um, 
and like I say, his books are really good to read. And he's got a fantastic biography called On the Move, which I recommend to anyone to read. And he's just a generally lovely guy. He's on loads of different podcasts. He, he, he'll often come on and, you know, talk about what he's currently doing or, um, you know, the highlights of his life or some of his most interesting cases. And he is absolutely listenable. He's just got a lovely, warm manner about him. Uh and yeah, cannot rate him high, highly enough. Well, in the mind's eye, he talks about people who have various neurological issues with the way they perceive the world. So, for example, there are characters who lose their ability to read words, but they can still write. So they don't lose the ability to form sentences with their hand. But when they look at words, even words that they've just written... They can't read it because it just looks like hieroglyphics. And um, adjacent to that, they find that they start to lose comprehension of different objects. The most famous one that Oliver Sacks wrote about is uh, the title of one of his books, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. Um, so for the Oliver Sacks game, we're going to give each other Christmas presents, but... We're going to describe them as if we struggle to identify objects. So I'm going to, for example, give Dan a present for my sack and I'm going to describe the thing for him, but on the basis that I am struggling to identify what that object is. And Dan is going to see if he can guess what his Christmas present is and vice versa. And I've got an example of this. So from the mind's eye... There is a patient of Oliver Sacks who couldn't, for instance, identify a glove by sight or by feel, despite being able to describe it in almost absurdly abstract terms. He referred to it as a continuous surface enfolded on itself with five outpouchings, if this is the word, a container of some sort. And then by accident, he got it onto his hand and he realised that it was a glove. <laughs> <laughs> okay so how many presents have you got for me uh, well so problem with this i'm not 100 percent sure because i'm not even sure how to describe what a present is i don't really even know well okay we'll go through the, i'll give you a present and then you give me a present and we'll see how we go so you get a point for guessing the present that i'm giving to you basically okay um I'm going to go with, I think I've got three, but how I will describe them, I don't know. And it's definitely going to be Christmas themed. Because I've got five for you, but uh, I'm obviously not just going to give you the chance to win five points when you're only giving me the chance to win three points. Mm -hmm. So I might pick out my three favourite yes. ones. <laughs> so your first present is a donutoidal extremity hanger. Persistently paying attention to the here and now. What? A donutoidal extremity hanger persistently paying attention to the here and now. So what can you think of that might have a kind of donut form? Yes, thank you. I got that bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking out loud for the listener whilst you think silently on an audio format. Uh, <laughs> Is it a pair of glasses? No. So it's hanging off an extremity. So 
Oh my goodness. Hang it. So it's not a ring, is it? No, but it's closer to a ring than a pair of glasses. Is it a sock? No, but um, persistently paying attention to the here and now. So it's not necessarily conscious, but you could describe it as paying attention, which you can't really do with a sock. Is this an ear? Are you talking about an ear? No, uh, I'm feeling uh, increasingly reluctant to give you a point I'm for this. I'm feeling increasingly reluctant to play this game. It's too difficult. <laughs> No, I don't get it. What was your gift for me? It was a smartwatch that sensibly points out all your unhealthy habits and lifestyle choice consequences. So, for example, it would ping and say, Dan, you forgot to do your required steps today. Dan, you had insufficient sleep last night. Dan, you didn't go to bed at a sensible time. Dan, your blood alcohol levels are very high today. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you one then. This frightening, haphazard, dark green mass appears dead, but has been brightened by a human's desperation to fit in. Is it a Christmas tree? How did you get that? (laughs) I'm literally looking at a Christmas tree behind you. Mm, Well... Oh, hold on, hold on. One point to me, which means I only need one more point to catch up with you and two more points to win this whole thing. So, what's your next present going to be? Let's have a look in my sack. It's a kind of lasagna of humid leaves that emerge pleated from a central well and are used to kind of make mud in your anus. A stool. A, 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 a what? <laughs> what? A lasagna of what? A lasagna of humid leaves. It, it has kind of like the the form of a lasagna of humid leaves that emerge pleated from a central well and are used to make mud in your anus. I'm sure Oliver Sacks will be thrilled to have his name put to this game. <laughs> is it is it i mean i want to say it's like a bag of spinach or something but i like or a lettuce you're taking the word leaves too literally is it a petit four no okay well i don't know what it is james this this is this is way too difficult what is it it's a packet of moist toilet paper to limit the shame you feel during intercourse with a much younger man (laughs) what's your next present for me (laughs) I mean I thought that was quite a good description a lasagna of humid leaves so basically the moist toilet paper is layered like a lasagna that emerge pleated from a central well so they come out of the plastic packaging and are used to make mud so they moisten the kind of the the, the firm faecal matter that's still kind of fixed to the crevices of your anus and when it's moistened it's more likely to sort of like slide onto just I feel like this game has died a Christmas death I mean let me just reassure you that my next one doesn't have 
anything to do with disgust, sexual shame, bodily functions, or anything like that. All right, all right. Well, uh, uh, let me give you mine. Um, a duo of once alive boxes shouting continuously at different volumes whilst I sit frightened and mesmerised. I wonder if this is a metaphor, kind of like the ghost of Christmas past, or is it a coffin? Although a coffin wasn't alive, it's more like the person inside was once alive. I don't know what the once alive box represents. And what was the... You're watching it in fear. Uh, I think I said a cacophony of noise um, listened to in fear whilst mesmerised. It's not some kind of music box. Maybe I shouldn't take box so literally. No, I'm afraid I don't know what my present is. It's a pair of speakers for your hi-fi. Oh! <laughs> but what do you mean once alive? Oh, because they're made of wood. They're made of wood, yes. yes. Okay, oh, no, that is a, that's a very good one. Well done. Yes. That was exactly what this game was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've slightly redeemed it there. I don't know that I did, but okay. I think I think you did. Um, I probably should have written them down because repeating them is more difficult, isn't it? <laughs> Let me just dive into my sack to see that your next present is kind of... It's within a box and tessellated are several smooth, small receptacles each tonally engaged with the grasp of their form. One second. Was that Father Christmas delivering some actual presents live in the recording? It was, it was, um, it was, and he was dressed in, in, a, in a red hooded top, so yes, it was Father Christmas. Sorry, one more time, can you give me that description? I'm sorry. Within a box are tessellated several smooth, small receptacles, each tonally engaged with the grasp of their form. Is it a set of um, babushka Russian dolls? No. That was my guess. I'll give you another guess if you want. I'll give it so I've worded it in a very cryptic way. Yes, no way. <laughs> when I say each of these s- smooth receptacles is tonally engaged with the grasp of their form, I mean there's a continuation of harmonious colour that is contiguous from my hand to the object. I have no idea, James. This is too abstract for me. It's a men's makeup kit claiming to make you feel confident and empowered but actually imprisoning you to the maintenance of this mask forever. Okay, absolutely. (laughs) I tell you what, (laughs) I'll give you one more chance to get a point because... No, 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 we'll, we'll wait till the end. Let's see. You've got one more present for me. A soft, warm envelope with teeth that reveal a synthetic inner core. (laughs) Is it a Christmas jumper? No. (laughs) A soft, warm envelope with teeth that reveal a synthetic inner core. Is it a... Christmas... Decoration hanging on the tree in the form of a vagina. No, James. It's my Christmas cushion. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, no matter what, you win this Christmas because you have got 12 points and I've got 11. So potentially to win even more with 13 points, I'll just give you one other of my presents. 
And what about this? What about this? If I don't get anywhere near it, you get the point and we draw. Okay. A sinuous reduction from belly to neck, bedazzled in gaudy hieroglyphs. A sinuous reduction from belly to neck. How did you describe that last bit? Bedazzled in gaudy hieroglyphs. I'm getting tattoos. I'm getting a photo. Is it like a photo of Harry Styles or something? So the sinuous reduction from belly to neck is a shape that tapers at the top. And bedazzled in gaudy hieroglyphs represents the the label on it, which is in bright colours. And because I have a neurological problem that prevents me from reading words, they read like hieroglyphs to me, but they're actually just normal letters. It's the label on what looks like a bottle of wine, but because it's your present, it's a bottle of non-alcoholic sparkling grape juice so that you can be healthier and happier in 2022. I mean, it's a draw, James. We have draw- <laughs> This is the first Christmas where you haven't lost completely. I mean, I did lose completely. I'm not. I thank you very much for your generosity there, but I'm just not the kind of person who gives wacky novelty points at the last minute for not actually correctly winning according to the pre-agreed rules. So, no, I'm not going to give myself a point there. But we'll, I think but actually... we'll give yourself five points for knowing which the top five songs that you chose were. Yes. <laughs> OK, fair enough. And let's just have a little toast to you for winning all of the fun and games with Dan and James in the Christmas special. Mm. And here's to a happy new year 2022, yes? Have you got big plans for the next year? Absolutely none. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? No, I, I don't I don't think any specifically. Maybe just, you know, keep up keep you know, keep up with the gym that I've I've started since the uh, operation. Maybe spend a little bit less money on tat I don't need. And maybe do a full life laundry and move out to the countryside and open up a small holding where I sell heirloom tomatoes to local restaurants. Okay, so the first two are, whilst they're kind of cliches of people's New Year resolutions, they are totally achievable, appropriate, sensible, good ones for you to have. Um, I fully support those. The, 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 The last one, I... Totally support in theory, but part of me feels like it's, it's given that you've been talking about this for a long time, it's kind of one of your projects that's just, you know, yeah. it's not going to happen until you're about 60. So I don't think that's going to happen in 2022. Yeah, I, I know. I added it to be f- silly, really. I okay. just wish. I just wish I came into some money and that's what I'd do. But I did, Well, I mean, frankly, you have, in your life, you have had... All if you if you change nothing about your background, personal circumstances, where you live, your job, all of that, by this point you very much could have, um, if you've been focused on it, found yourself a plot of land in the countryside, built yourself a beautiful house, become a sort of freelance consultant for um, uh, for sort of like training people in mental health. 
and with your own allotment where you live that you can just attend to as and when it needs it because you see it from your kitchen window. You could totally have achieved that if you decided that that's what you wanted when you were about 18 instead of going to Derby and just smoking your way through a load of, (laughs) you know bits of tap that you've collected over the years that you had to shuffle around and then you decide to move and shuffle it somewhere else and then that's another project and then that's unfinished and therefore you feel like none of your other projects are going to get finished because that's already a project that you failed to finish if you hadn't done any of that if you'd just been focused on what you really wanted from life you would definitely have it by now i think you're right i think you're right I would just like to ask, how did you feel about the nightmare interpretation before Christmas when I basically wrote a silly story of Father Christmas sexualizing your mother uh, in front of you with loads of innuendo um, drizzling his brandy sauce all over her pudding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish you hadn't. I just wish you hadn't, really. You know. But do you, because it's the, the like, for example, with 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 the pigs in blankets, pigs in blankety blankets game, it was also a bit of a regression in the sense, or rather, it was it was deliberately set up to make it seem like disgusting incest and toilet humour and childish jokes. But there was kind of a twist whereby my answers were all jokingly related to current affairs or psychology or something it was great it, wasn't. it was really good yeah and then we went from that straight into the nightmare interpretation before before christmas where it was also uh it, it was the same kind of joy that i had writing that For both of those games i was just beside myself with joy writing them uh, knowing that it was silly and full of toilet humour and, and so on, but I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed building up this festive scene, sexualising your mother with Father Christmas arriving, loads of you know innuendo, yep. uh-huh. all building up to you <laughs> smashing the peanut dispenser, which is obviously a reference to a conversation we've had on this podcast. Yes, I was, yes. very ple- I was just very pleased with all of it. But I yeah. feel like... You're not just comically upset by it. You actually hate the fact that I, that I did it. Yeah, it's quite, you know, there's, I mean, yeah. Um, I don't think I'm really upset so much as irritated, maybe, that, you know, you would personalise that nightmare before Christmas when you had the power to really, really introduce a game that would have, you know, got us both thinking and have had the audience thinking and, yeah, the audience don't know Larry, and and they they may not remember the horrific, shameful peanut holder smashing incident of 1984. So <clears throat> I'm just wondering whether that was a a trick missed. Well, okay. In conclusion, then from this Christmas special, we've piloted a number of new games. Yes, great. Which do you think should be carried on for tradition? Which in in ten years' time for the Christmas special in twenty thirty one, um, which ten year anniversary should we be celebrating? Do you think I'll be saying it's the tenth year of the Oliver Sacks game? 
Yeah, I think so. I think we'll both have to work on that a little bit. And I like the pigs in blankety blankets. Uh, and I also enjoyed the um, chart of the year top five quiz. I think all of those were great. Yeah. Okay, so as long as I don't um, make a regressive, personalised, childish, potty, sexual humour story relating to you and people you know, you're fine with the... Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, by all means, you can write that and send it to me in a, you know, in a WhatsApp conversation and I will read it. <laughs> Um, okay, well, listen. That that's about all we've got time for here. You know, um, again, the snow is starting to fall. The mince pies are warming in the oven. The log fire is roaring. I've got a few last-minute gifts to wrap, um, and the the sleigh bells and the jingle bells can be heard all around the town. Um, so it, it just it's just for me to say thank you so much to James in Morocco and Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, our listener. And thank you for listening to us in 2021, whether you're an old listener who's been with us from the start or a new listener who's just only recently been subjected to this. And um, uh, there, there is... I Actually, when I met the listener for some uh, in-person listener feedback in Oxford this autumn, he introduced me to two of his uh, new... Um, postgraduate friends at the university there and I thoroughly enjoyed that afternoon and one of the people there he was um, he'd come over from America to do his postgraduate at Oxford University and he had a lot to say about many of the topics that we cover in this podcast and um, I mean I I the conversation wasn't recorded so I can't listen back to it but I feel like I did a reasonably good job at sort of like sitting back and letting him speak I was also um, not shy to mock him I think I'd managed to do that in a friendly way but basically he'd started the conversation saying that he sort of like he was so uh, in, engrossed in meditation these days um, and he loved it and he'd been fascinated recently doing research into uh, the origins of Buddhism and all this sort mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. and, uh, and mainly with the, the, the central th- core of this was his obsession with the idea of um, not having a self and then throughout the conversation he was the most loud and the most dominant and so at the end um, I kind of mocked him by saying, look at me, I meditate, I don't have a self, now shut up and listen, I've got lots of important things to say. <laughs> oh, America. But I very much enjoyed his company. Um, I had a fantastic afternoon. Uh, I hope that um, if he did start to listen to our podcast, he didn't find it too horrific. And, I mean, if he did, he can just switch us off. And if not, if he's still with us, then thank you to a new listener for joining us. And in 2022, um, I feel like it might be nice to spend some time with two of the Father Christmases of psychology, Irvin Yalom and Oliver Sacks. Yes, I wonder whether 2022 could be a year of psychological heroes. (laughs) I will see you in the company of 
Love Sex Executioner, although actually not Love Sex Executioner, The Gift of Therapy, because that's the one that I have here in Morocco. Yep. In the new year, and hopefully at the Christmas dinner, you won't have any of the mishaps that I imagined for our games today. Absolutely. Um, everything will go smoothly you'll act entirely appropriately the person who put in all the effort to cook and all that will be very satisfied with how things go and no one will die of covid absolutely so it's a goodbye from me daniel p brown in the london private practice studios and it's goodbye from me in the warm balmy sunny private practice studio in morocco where i have more USB-C ports than I used to, which means that when we record podcasts now, I can plug in a microphone and a charger at the same time. Brilliant. Goodbye. Well, this year's Christmas special was utterly delightful, until the rather anticlimactic end. Anyway, Father Christmas can drizzle his brandy butter all over me, especially if he looks like Oliver Sacks. And yes, I'm talking about his sperm ejaculating onto my face. Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year, from Private Practice Podcast. Tell your friends to listen, and when they don't do it, tell them again, and repeat until they get it into their stupid head. Preston from the Ordinary Boys. 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 Preston from the Ordinary Boys.